0: podcast. I'm Madeline. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week.
1: Hey nerds, welcome to the final Nerd Ascended podcast episode of 2020. And welcome to our um, <laughs> what should be our best of 2020. And it, it still is, but it just feels kind of strange to call it that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes we do every year. And it feels weird. Like, I don't want to start this with everything else, like, you know, your end of your emails from work or from stores. That's like, there has never been another year like 2020. And we've all faced challenges, but we came out the other side. Which I might feel a little pessimistic about it, but we're not on the other side yet. We will be. We will be. We will. But it's not like, no, I guess I'm just feeling very pessimistic because <laughs> there's all this stuff about, like, I can't wait for 2020 be, to be over. Which I agree, I can't either. But also, January 1st, like, Miss Rona is not picking up her purse and waltzing out the door. <laughs> no. No, she is still here. <laughs> we still gotta get She's to- not retiring. Yes. We have to essentially kill her. <laughs> yes. and Together.
1: <laughs> I don't, I, and I, I certainly don't intend for this episode to be a downer because actually we're still doing this episode because there were some cool things that
0: happened or came out that got us through this year. Oh, no! I was so excited. There was so much happening. We were going to go to Comic-Con again. Mm-hmm. We were going to see Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. I was going to have a great time and I haven't seen you in two years no. in person. How sad is that? <laughs> that scary. So- yeah, my 2020 resolution was to start taking myself to the movies again. And I was I was doing pretty good. I had seen two. And then... <laughs> I mean, I, I did start, you know, making my movie theater here in my bedroom where I, like, close the blackout curtains and make popcorn and sit in the dark and, like, throw my phone to the other side of the room. <laughs> and treat it like a movie, which helps. Like, it's much better than just watching movies in my living room. But it's... <laughs> I miss the movie theater I really hope the cute little regal down the street from me survives because I love it Mm -hmm. Um, and
1: yeah I think one of our first episodes for 2021 is actually going to be a look at why we believe movie theaters still have a place um, in 2021 and post-covid and why movie theaters are important and special and all that so we will talk more about that in a future episode but i am very much looking forward to walking in to a movie theater with the neon lights and smell the popcorn and pay ten dollars for my large bucket or whatever because honestly the first time i get to go back i'm doing a tub it's gonna be a tub oh yeah
0: of i'm doing that mega tub that eat will... like three bites out of him and i'm full
1: yes i will <laughs> fast all day <laughs> Just to go get the <laughs> mega, super sized tub of popcorn, and it—I don't even honestly care what the movie is. Like, it's just going to be what is available. I'm going when I can go. Um, I know yeah. movie theaters open in some parts of the country for a little bit this year, um, and then obviously closed again because one, the logistics have to be insane to make that work, and two, you know, as we all know at the time of recording this, we had surges in covid cases again but the the movie theaters where i live in oregon actually never reopened um so it's been an interesting thing all year when i'm driving other places to go past a couple of them and they just sit there dark and large and very apocalyptic looking
0: yeah my little regal it's not like little little it's just like one of the slightly older ones and it's kind of tucked away it's not like the big fancy a and c yeah that's a few <laughs> miles away uh The parking lot's now a COVID testing site.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, that's at least like something's happening there. I feel like I I actually went to a doctor's appointment today, which was my annual visit that I finally got to do on December 28th. And they they had a sign out there um, directing people who were there for the COVID vaccines to a certain area. And it was actually super exciting to see like their vaccine clinic all set up and happening, and people in there were like listening to music and stuff. And I was like, "Okay, there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of hope right there."
0: Yeah, which there wasn't before. Shelby, who runs mischief melted and was on our last episode, is actually a healthcare worker. She works in a lab in a hospital, and she got the vaccine a few days ago, Yay! Like right before Christmas. <laughs> yeah so exciting.
1: So, on that note, with that little bit of hope. I think it would be good for us to take a look back at what we did get to experience this year. And understandably, if I'm sure for a lot of you listening to this year, for me at least, a lot of it was just trying to make it day to day. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are actually several things that did come out um, in one format or another that I have not seen yet or watched. Um, Part of it's because some of it I know my husband wants to see and we got to watch it at the same time. And full disclosure, he was in the hospital for a portion of this year. Not COVID though. Um, (laughs) And so some of those things we have to watch. Like We we have not watched the new season of The Mandalorian yet um, because we need to sit and do that. We have not watched um, Mulan, Wonder Woman 1984, Soul, or... Tenant, which I know was on our list from last year. Um, I have actually not watched Guns Akimbo, which was on our list from last year, but Chelsea has. Oh, and um, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's another TV show that came out that we didn't watch yet um, that I might be forgetting. But so I did, my list is based on what I did see, what I did watch, what I did listen to, what I did read. Um, for movies and TV shows, I did specifically keep it to things that came out this year. I watched Mm -hmm. other stuff. (laughs) I did watch other things that actually came out other years. Like uh, last night we actually watched a movie called um, Good Boys that I remember the trailers for and we had never seen Is It's actually very good. It's like Mm -hmm. super bad, but they're middle schoolers. And it's actually a lot, it's very funny, but it's actually a lot cuter than you would think for a rated R film (laughs) featuring middle school boys. So (laughs) But for my actual official list, I did keep it to things that managed to come out in some format this year.
0: Yeah, I did too. Uh, the only thing I didn't have that were things that came out just in twenty twenty were books. Um, so i I did watch a lot of things um, that came out in previous years. It was a good, actually a good it was a good year for me to catch up on stuff. Like, for example, one of the best TV shows I watched was Sharp Objects. I'm a couple of years late on it, but damn, that show was good. And the best thing I consumed this year was Parasite, the movie. Uh came out last year. It still haunts me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, in a good way, but also, I watched that movie, like, right before pandemic happened. Well, I mean, it was happening, but, like, a week before... Let's see. Ryan was gone when I watched it, so I watched it, like, March 7th. So oh, yeah, then, literally
1: a week before.
0: March 13th is one of those days that will like forever live in my memory.
1: Yep. Like March my 13th, boss
0: running down the hallway and like panically telling me in the like in the doorway that we're closing for 2 weeks. Take your stuff, take your plants and then <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and then meeting Ryan at a Safeway and the shelves were empty and people were running and I was panicking and we Bought a lot of tofu. And <laughs> I'll always remember that day. <laughs> yes, and it was a Friday the 13th. Um, so I'll yeah. always remember
1: that too. And I got a, an email from my boss on the train to my office that if we wanted to come in and get our stuff and take it home, we could. Um, because from that day, we were going to work from home for two weeks. And I actually just, since I took the train in and I was already there, I was like, I- I'll just work here and then take my stuff. I was the only one from my team that worked in the office that day. So I was entirely alone. Afterwards, I went and took myself to a little um, Mexican restaurant downtown that I love that I actually need to check because I really hope they made it. Um, And I'm not sure if they did. I had lunch. I went to the Target across the street, managed to find toilet paper and sat there on the train, hugging it very tightly while people looked at me. I remember that
0: picture of you with your toilet paper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I have been back to my office. Uh, one time since then yeah
0: um I went back to mine in August to pick up my monitors (laughs) how I went that long without both my monitors I don't know but then I finally got like I got approval I had to go through a whole system to be there for a day I was there for like an hour and I cleaned out my whole office because I didn't know when I'd ever come back to it and I haven't yeah Um, this has been the longest two weeks ever (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't take my whole setup because I really thought it was two weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I really did too. Yeah. But <laughs> enough of COVID. Yes. Let's talk about the good things that got us through this year. And something I want I noticed about my list that's very interest sorry, very interesting to me is a lot of stuff on it is feel-good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Which
0: I, I watch and love feel good things all the time. But they're rarely on my best of the year list. Uh-huh. Like usually it's like dramatic or Marvel or action movies, but like feel good stuff is rarely in my top three. But this year, uh it's on there a lot, especially in movies. And I just find it very interesting when I like look back on our podcast and our lists. Obviously, I'll remember 2020, but to just like compare this year to 2019 and 2018 and hopefully future years when it'll hopefully be more normal. Like, I feel like this is going to be a list that's a little different than Chelsea in other years. Yes,
1: and I, I think that'll probably be true for me too, although I wouldn't say all of my, um, like, top movies and and that kind of thing were necessarily all feel good, but... Part of that I think is cuz a lot of my things I was looking forward to happened to be horror movies and like none of them came out. Yeah. So <laughs> So maybe next year's list is going to be like all horror all the time or something cuz that's all I'm going to be watching but
0: Yeah. And we're watching horror movies together now to try and get me more conditioned so I can watch things like Halloween.
1: Yes. This week we are actually going to watch a uh, movie that I th- believe is a Netflix film called His House um, that I've heard is very, very, very good. I've seen on a lot of top of the year movie lists, but we have not watched it by the time we watched, uh, recorded this. So it's not on yeah. there, but, um, I think as we do these categories, we should probably do all of ours, like all three of ours at one time, because I know, and you know how we operate. We'll be here two <laughs> yes. hours if we try to alternate. So
0: okay this is our super episode every year (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes so let's start with movies oh i thought you'd want to do movies last we usually do that one last well it feels like we should do it backwards okay (laughs) let's do it backwards (laughs) do you want to do your top three first or do you want me to do my top three first i want you to do yours because i want to know okay I'm also very excited because I think this year our lists are going to be very different from each other and mm-hmm. normally we cross paths at least on one thing in every category. Yeah, and we we probably still will most yeah. of it, but we'll see. Movies, though, I think all three of mine are going to be different than yours. I bet they will be. Okay, um, I'll very quickly just mention my honorable mentions without like going into depth. My honorable mentions are Onward uh, Birds of Prey and Guns Akimbo uh, Okay, I'll just talk about Guns Akimbo a little bit mm-hmm. Super fun, super stupid It's like <laughs> <laughs> Stupid in a fun way though It's like yeah. Scott Pilgrim on acid <laughs> Is the best way to describe <laughs> it <laughs> That's actually a Radcliffe. ringing, ringing endorsement yeah, Dan- uh, Daniel Radcliffe was having a good time You could tell I had a good time um, It's very fun Okay, my number three movie of the year was Love and Monsters, starring Dylan O'Brien. Um, this movie, I think I actually might have missed it if this year was normal. Um, just because there was so much coming out, I think I would have missed this one and probably watched it in a couple of years when it showed up mm-hmm. on Netflix or something. But I rented it on Amazon. It was absolutely adorable. Um, you wouldn't think a movie about giant bugs that have ended <laughs> the world um, <laughs> would be adorable, but it was very sweet. And just so everyone knows, there is a dog in it. The dog does not die. The dog does not even get hurt, so don't oh. worry.
1: <laughs> it's like, very important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: it's very fun. And for being a like an indie movie. I guess I'd probably categorize it as indie. They really spent their budget well. And somehow they made giant bugs, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two movie was Soul, which I watched a couple days ago. Um I knew it was going to get to me and make me cry, but I was doing pretty good until the last 20 minutes, and then it absolutely destroyed me. Like, for... I sobbed and it did not stop until that movie was over. Well, not even then. I cried for like 15 minutes afterwards. (laughs) This Uh, sounds like when I watched Coco.
1: Is it on on a level of, let's see, on the the one end of Pixar films, we have the first 10 minutes of Up. On the complete opposite end, we have Cars 3. So (laughs) up towards the... (laughs) um, First 10 minutes of Up, just after that, I would say there's uh, Coco, uh, Take Her to the Moon from Inside Out. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> then um, uh, the scene in Toy Story 4 when they're at the incinerator.
0: Oh, that's Bro- Toy Story 3. <laughs>
1: 3. 4 was the newest one. I Whoa. Um, Toy Story 3 when they're in the incinerator. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's also super sad, so in the in that scale of those four, where is
0: soul? Um, it's definitely take her to the moon level,
1: okay, not quite first ten minutes of up, but we're at least at take no the
0: moon. <laughs> um, and not I just put Coco as its whole category because that movie also wrecked me. yeah, <laughs> thinking about that movie wrecks me. Um, yeah, take her to the moon level. Uh, you should watch it with Kevin soon so we can talk about it. I don't want to, okay. like, say anything about it because I really want you to go into it blind.
1: Okay. <clears throat> and it did um, just recently get posted on str- on Disney Plus streaming for anyone listening, so we won't spoil that either.
0: Yes. I will say Soul is probably the most adult-themed Pixar movie, which is saying a lot, was things like Up and Inside Out and Ratatouille Mm -hmm. and Coco, honestly. Like, it's a thing that I think your kid would probably enjoy, but the themes in it are so deep and adult. Like, it's really... How do I say this without ruining it too much? It's really approaching problems of, like, being an adult and finding uh, joy in life, even if you're not, like, A superstar. Oh. Interesting. And maybe you're not doing... I don't know. You're just doing a normal job. You're a normal person with a normal (laughs) life. And how do you find meaning in that? Like, that's really deep, but...
1: (laughs) That is pretty deep, but, I mean, that's kind of what Pixar does. So...
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Pixar gets more and more adult-themed every every movie. Um, And my number one movie of the whole 2020 was Bill and Ted face the music.
1: <laughs> Another one that I have not gotten to see yet because when oh it my came gosh, out... It's so good. Um, right when it came out was the first time that Kevin went into the hospital.
0: So... <laughs> yeah. It is an absolute freaking delight. Like, for two hours, I forgot about the pandemic and other stresses in life and everything else. <laughs> like, I just sat there for two hours and watched this goofy movie... had a bunch of heart in it and keanu reeves being his younger self which wasn't as weird as i thought it would be (laughs) i mean and they they both yeah i mean and they're both um i guess they're older they married the princesses from the second movie Mm -hmm. and then they have like 18 19 year old daughters who are actually a very good or a very big part of the movie and it's just super fun.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to have to watch that one with Kevin then, too. Because yes, we wanted to. And I think it is... I mean, the last few days of the year are a good time for the feel-good stuff, too.
0: Yes. I think Kevin would like all three of these. So, yeah, that's my top three movies! All Woo! kind of feel good. All feel good in a way, which is rare for me. So, mine
1: are different. I will say my honorable mention is also Onward. Um I really did. We did a whole discussion on that movie in an earlier episode and I really did like it. Mm -hmm. It will also always be memorable to me because I saw it on March 14th at a movie Mm -hmm. theater Um, and they were selling every other seat in the theater that day. So like when we went, it was just us in the movie theater, which was nice. And you know, after that, that was, that was it. Um, So that's definitely my honorable mention. Um, Number three, for me is the film version of Hamilton that was posted on Disney+. Plus. Now I am someone, I do, I do enjoy musicals. I'm not, you know, it's not like necessarily my thing, but every once in a while I do enjoy them. Um, I specifically, when I was little, did not like Mary Poppins and some other live action Disney films because I didn't like the musical aspect, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, But as an adult, there are some I like, like I I did enjoy like La La Land and all that. I had not obviously, because I don't know that many people have had the opportunity to go to a performance of Hamilton. Um, I had not done that. I had really not listened to the soundtrack, although I'd heard some songs. It was everywhere. It's kind of difficult to get away from. And I hadn't just ever really sought it out, though I knew it was probably a wonderful production. Um, And then my cousin, Uh, insisted after it was on Disney Plus one night that they come over and we watch it because they had watched it before and loved it. And yes, the hype is not wrong at all. If you have not watched it yet, absolutely do it. It is, I mean, it, it deals with some sad themes and everything, but I, I found it pretty uplifting in general I really really loved seeing, you know, the story of the founding of America told by a very racially diverse cast and giving them the opportunity to you know, to be a part of be a part of histor- a historical focused production when they don't often get to do that because people will insist that George Washington has to be played by a white guy and I mean no, of course not. And the entire cast, the, the cast that is in the film version is um, the one featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda as uh, uh, Hamilton. So it is the the original Broadway cast. And it is just uh, so well done. The film production is so well done to give you a good feeling of what's going on on the stage. The songs are amazing. the The story is amazing. It has so many ups and downs and twists and turns and you get emotionally invested, absolutely recommend it. Um, my number two is Invisible Man, which is one of the last movies I got to see in a movie theater too. Um, I know Chelsea did eventually watch this one. <laughs> and, I did. <laughs> and she did. okay with that one because it's more of a jump scary, like high stress movie. But it is <laughs> sitting next to Kevin while we were watching this movie. Um, The whole time he was just like about to jump and fall out of his seat. Like, so that just made the whole experience more fun too. But it was, I mean, was it, was the end maybe a little predictable? Sure. That's okay. It had a satisfying ending. It, I was extremely invested. It was very well acted. Um, I, it was just an experience at a movie theater that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Kevin has actually put that movie on at home just randomly. <laughs> um, so that was my number two. And then my number one movie this year was Birds of Prey. Um, I got to see that back in the theater in February um, or in the theater back in February, I should say. And I very much enjoyed myself. Um, I really like the music in it. I like. That it was silly, but there was some emotional impact there. It was honestly what I wanted out of Suicide Squad the first time. Mm -hmm. That is what I wanted. I wanted the ridiculousness, the fun with some of the emotional stuff, and not just like whatever weird editing marketing thing happened with Suicide Squad. It completely, although Margot Robbie, I will say, was great in Suicide Squad. Actually, the cast in Suicide Squad did a very good job.
0: Yeah, they um, were very
1: good. I think the, the problems with the movie are in other areas, but I think this really gave Margot Robbie a chance to actually be Harley Quinn and tell her story. And who cares about the Joker? We don't need him, you know, whatever. Um, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I also really liked Journey Smollett as Black Canary in it um, who's going to pop up again on my list later and yes it was just it was fun it was a good time at the movie theater so mm-hmm. that was that was my number one
0: I think one of my biggest surprises for me this year was Birds of Prey is in my honorable mentions because I also love that movie but Wonder Woman is not mm-hmm. um, and I know you haven't watched it yet I enjoyed it um, but it just wasn't there. Wasn't quirky, quite what which you is wanted. yeah, which is uh, is disappointing. Like the acting in it is really good, and I still love Wonder Woman and Diana Prince. Um, like to spoil a little bit, you get to see her as a human.
1: Mm-hmm. Like she has
0: a job and she has an apartment and she makes some friends or a friend. Um, but it just wasn't, it was just a, a surprise for me that Wonder Woman didn't really hit me in the heart, but Birds of Prey did.
1: Yeah, and Birds of Prey really did. And so I'll have to tell you after I watch <clears throat> Wonder Woman if I feel the same way, but I mean, and Birds of Prey, the entire plot of that movie was happening because she just wanted that damn egg sandwich. And <laughs> yeah. it, was still, <laughs> so it was still like emotionally impactful.
0: Yeah. So that's our movies, which usually we end on, but we started with.
1: Yes, because um, it's a topsy turvy year.
0: Yes. So should we do TV shows since yes. we're going backwards? Yes. Uh, oh, did you have any honorable mention movies?
1: Oh yeah, I said mine was onward.
0: Oh, onward. Okay. Uh honorable mention TV shows for me. There's four. <laughs> <laughs> uh I watched a lot of TV this year. You did. Um and it, I I watched a lot that didn't come out in 2020, but for my list, I only did the 2021s. Honorable Mentions was The Great British Bake Off, which, despite the pandemic and them filming later, still came out on time in October. It was wonderful. (laughs) Um, The Good Place, which I can't believe ended this year, but it did. It ended in January.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched that show, but that is crazy to me to think that that was this year. That, that end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, the ending was one of my favorite TV show endings ever. Uh, and it was very feel good before I knew I needed all the feel good stuff. Uh, the Mandalorian has been, we have, I will admit, we have uh, an episode left still to watch, but in general, overall, the whole season has been really fun. <coughs> Although I will always call him Baby Yoda and not Grogu. I don't care if that's his name. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> and my final honorable mention was Tiger King because holy hell that also came out this year <laughs> I can't believe that was slow. yeah uh, my number three TV show though was Better Call Saul which again that was this year but it was it was March April May Wow. and it was a very intense season and <laughs> it's so good, like it's fully made itself its own show outside of Breaking Bad, and the tension in it is so big that, like, sometimes I forget. I know Saul makes it out of this, at least. Yeah, he's got to make it out of that show. <laughs> yeah, but it also has those black and white fast forwards to Omaha, <laughs> where well, I used to hi, live. Hi, Renly. Oh, hello, Renly. <laughs> Renly. Renly, what was your favorite TV show? <laughs>
1: he likes the great british bake-off
0: <laughs> he would the black and white um flash forwards in better hall is getting extremely intense and it bothers me that i don't know what happens in so, omaha
1: <laughs> yeah because that is that is open-ended so
0: yes i believe there's one season left but they're splitting it over two years as A&C as does. they
1: do yes
0: Uh, my number two tv show was lovecraft country on hbo which i don't know if you finished that yet or not um and despite my feelings of the ending it was definitely one of the best shows i watched this year it was truly unique out of anything else i've ever seen on tv and the characters are very good uh it just gives me everything i want like sometimes it's scary um, there's a lot of love in it. It's just really weird, and it's not afraid to be weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm this weird-ass show about Lovecraft monsters. And that's what I am. And it's really good. And it also has very good themes of racial injustice and racial inequality. And the acting in it is truly A+. plus. I hope they all get nominated mm-hmm. for awards and win them. <laughs> and my top TV show... Of the year. Can you guess it? Can I guess it?
1: No, I don't know. It's
0: what we do in the shadows. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> what we do in the shadows was also on during the beginning of a uh, quarantine lockdown period. It was an absolute joy. I looked forward to it every week. It continued to be smart, stupid humor. And the plot actually got really crazy, and it ended on a pretty major cliffhanger for a comedy Mm-hmm.
1: It really did, which i'll just I'll just go ahead and get into to my list because obviously that's on there too. <laughs> um, it would, it's just so bizarre to me that that season also came out this year. but um to start at the bottom of my list, my honorable mention, I have the pandemic episode of South Park. Um, which if you haven't seen it and you, and you, if you haven't seen it and you've never watched South Park, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it, but like (laughs) if you've never watched South Park, expect to be offended. If you get through a South Park episode without personally being offended in some way, they probably didn't do their job. Um, but the pandemic episode is exceptional television. And then the rest of their season has been not canceled, but basically pushed out because they- the logistics of like making a show during pandemic is pretty difficult. Um, but it was an incredible episode. It was hysterical. It touched on everything in one episode. Um, and then you get to the end, and honest to God, I was like a little teary at the end of it <laughs> um, just because of some of the emotional stuff at the end. And then, of course, it wraps up with the fires in Colorado that happened this summer. So it's, you, you know, it, it's pretty bittersweet to watch, but was also just very hysterical. So that was on my my honorable mention um, number three for me. I'll do this one because it was different than what was yours. What was on yours? Number three for me was RuPaul's Drag Race Las Vegas review. Woo! I <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I knew we heard last year about this coming out that they'd done like a reality show following the. Um, Queens from Drag Race that were doing um, a show at the Flamingo, which at the time featured Evie Oddly, um, Cameron Michaels, Asia O'Hara, Naomi Smalls, Derek Barry. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing one. Coco Montrese makes a couple appearances, and Coco, I believe, was an understudy for Derek. Um,
0: Although she should have been in that show the whole time. Yeah, and that's my opinion.
1: That's questionable to me, especially because Coco is a Vegas girl. So, why that was the case, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it is some of it like staged or overworked. Of course, it's reality television. You know, (laughs) they have a plot line that they're going through, but it was very sweet. It was lighthearted and, you know, fun to watch, even when they did have drama amongst themselves. And it does, um, it is a fairly short season, which I'm pretty sure is because, yes, their show got canceled partway through due to COVID. And it does address that on the show. And even the, one of their last performances in the dressing room talking about how Broadway that day was shut down on New York, in New York. And um, what that meant for them. And just them going through the emotional process of like, what does this mean? And it's funny now watching that show at the end they have this thing that's like, and we found out we're going to come back to the Flamingo in February 2021. And now as of today, I don't know (laughs) if that actually (laughs) is the case, but it was a very sweet show that just allowed me to not think about things for a while. Um, Number two on my list was Lovecraft Country as well oh
0: sorry you forgot Vanessa Vanji Mateo
1: Va- oh how did, the I- sixth <laughs> how did I forget Vanjie <laughs> Van- oh my gosh um, <laughs> especially because it was the whole like mini romance with her and Cameron okay apologies <laughs> <to that>. Vanji <laughs> was there too um but my number two was Lovecraft Country which when I started watching that show I don't know what's wrong with me but I did not realize that was Journey Smollett until like <laughs> three episodes in and then I was like oh my gosh so apparently many of the good things this year for me about because of journey smollett so thank you for your wonderful acting abilities um i actually have two episodes of it left that i'm going to finish this week but even without finishing that it is still on my best of the year list because for the same reasons you said it's so unique so different um the main character is very complex and i go back and forth between liking him and feeling bad and then really really not liking him at all um there are a couple episodes I've watched that completely like stand alone as wonderful should win an award episodes. Um, in particular the, um, I think it's episode three with Letty and the haunting in her house. Um, the episode with Ruby when she gains the ability to become a white woman temporarily and takes a job. Um, the use of bodak yellow by Cardi B at the end of that episode is something I will <laughs> ever forget. <laughs> um, and then the episode that takes place in um, uh, Korea, in Korea, yes, during the war, um, and the story of Atticus's uh, love interest over there and who she is and and what she is. Um, I really, really did love that episode. So it's it definitely, I think. Even if everything had come out this year, I really do think that show would have been on my top list. And then my number one, of course, is What We Do in the Shadows, because Yay! <laughs> it's just fun, endlessly quotable. And then, yeah, it did, this second season really did it, on like a major cliffhanger, but so funny at the same time. <laughs> um, I think Kevin and I, several times a day, quote that show at each other, um, right down to every time... Renly is running up and down the hallway and running into stuff he always goes, careful Guillermo <laughs> I think you wouldn't want a spider to shake your house would you? Uh, so I, I am sad that I think the next season is probably delayed I'm assuming because I yeah. don't think
0: they got to film it this year um, so It usually starts in February and I haven't seen anything about it yet so I yeah. think it got delayed
1: So I'm looking forward to whenever that actually comes out
0: Yay! Such a good show. Yes. I'm so glad you finally watched it. Yes. <laughs> okay, the next category I have is podcasts. Yes. Okay, my honorable mentions are Reply All. Um, particularly the episodes that Emmanuel Dochi did this year, I think were very interesting and thought-provoking and both timely and about tech, I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> sentence. They're very timely. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other honorable mention is Two Dope Queens. If you remember me a few episodes ago, I was like, I wish the show would go back, and then it did, like what? two weeks after that. They um, it's a they did. It's a really <laughs> great podcast. If you love science and you're not necessarily a scientist. Because I love science, I think it's super cool. I don't have a science brain. Uh, the two uh, hosts are scientists, but they're so good at like breaking it down into, I like anybody can understand what they're talking about. And they did an episode on coronavirus, um, obviously at the beginning, and then they do they did a very interesting episode on uh, the science of friendship. And why sometimes your friendships fail when you're an adult. Interesting. Um, which was very interesting to listen to. But for my top three, <laughs> my third podcast, my top three podcasts of year was Dear Prudence. <laughs> <laughs> I know you listen to that all the time. I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I work out or when I run. Um, it's just, there's something very calming about... Listening to Danny M. Lavery give relationship advice and sometimes people have legit problems and sometimes their problem is they're just an asshole. And he tells them so. <laughs> uh-huh. <And laughs> I listen to it all the time. Like, that's one of the few podcasts that I'm able to keep up with every week So I listen mm-hmm. to it on a run. Like, it's easy to zone out to. Uh-huh. Uh, my number two podcast was The Left-Right Game by Q-Code and... Not to be confused with QAnon. Uh, very different things. <laughs> very different. <laughs> Q Code and um, what's his name? Wood Elf? Something like that. Um, it was produced by and stars Tessa Thompson. And it's a story, actually. Which as much as I love to read, I can't do audiobooks, but I can do podcasts like this. And this podcast was based off of a story that was originally in the reddit or the subreddit no sleep like someone wrote this story chapter by chapter and posted it to that subreddit which is amazing to me like it's such a good interesting story and someone was just posting it for free so yeah. i hope and i'm sure they got paid for this podcast
1: <laughs> hopefully i bet they did um i hear pine
0: sorry. He's making noises in his sleep. Can you hear him? Yes! Are you okay? <laughs> Hold on a second. He's never made noises like sleep. In he's his- dreaming! Are you okay? <laughs> Is he having a nightmare? <laughs> he's dreaming! Oh. Well, I mean, he always makes, like, little noises when he's sleeping, but never like that. <laughs> Is he awake now? No. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's out. He's out. Oh, poor baby. Oh. Well, the left right game was too scary for playing. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, I listened I listen to it mostly over the summer when Colorado was full of smoke and it was very hot and the air quality was too bad for me to run. Uh, but I could still go for walks, so I would walk for like an hour and a half and listen to this podcast. Oh, you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> He's like jolted. <laughs> um, and my number one podcast of the year was the Scaredy Cats Horror Show, which was a spinoff from Reply All, where um, one host, Alex, was trying to condition other host PJ into being able to watch and enjoy horror movies. Um, because PJ just wanted to watch Get Out. (laughs) And I really enjoyed it because I um, really resonated with PJ where I find horror movies so interesting, but they scare me so bad. Yeah. Although (laughs) I would have told him to start with Get Out and then go to some of the things they watched. Um, It was only six episodes. He did watch Get Out by the end and really loved it, but they watched The Exorcist and Alien. And I think they watched Nightmare on Elm Street. And then they watched Midsummer and Hereditary that's before kind of we watched Get Out. Yeah. yeah. Up a level
1: from Get Out.
0: <laughs> yeah. As much as I want to be able to watch horror movies, I will never watch those two. Like, even just hearing clips of them in that podcast Was gave it? me insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's a really great podcast, it's really fun. And yeah, it was definitely a good escape for this year.
1: So podcast is an area I definitely fell down on this year because honestly, like what I was doing at work and in my, my off time is I have been watching, um, actually I'm going to, I'm going to leave that for our discussion about YouTube, but there's, there's some things I've been watching on YouTube just repeatedly (laughs) that kind of took the place for me, but Um, so I actually only have two, but the first one, I would also say reply all, especially because I've listened to a lot of reply all before, but somehow I had not listened to the whole long distance saga until when you finally did. And I finally did. And they released the, the final part about the real Alex Martin Mm -hmm. this year. Um, and that whole thing is just so wild. So wild.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: As well as the episode about the case of the missing hit with the guy that could remember a song and he can't find it anywhere. Um, It's all just a very, very interesting show. And then my top one would be planet money from NPR, which Kevin actually listens to every morning when he gets ready for work. And um, so, you know, therefore I listen to it every morning when we get ready for work. Um, But it is a fun bite-sized show that I have learned so much from, and too. I have un- been able to better understand the economy and things that are happening because of this episode of those episodes. The hosts are fun; um, it's easy to listen to, and I just feel so much more informed in like not even just a way I can understand, in a way I enjoy hearing about the economy. Um, there have been lots of interesting episodes based on stuff that's happened during the pandemic. One that I remember in particular was them researching why there's a refrigerator shortage. Um, That's happened of all the shortages during this year. Refrigerators is one of them. Um, There was also recently an interesting episode on why there is a Christmas tree shortage this year, and it doesn't have anything to do with COVID. Um, It has everything to do with the recession 10 years ago. So, it's all super interesting, and I, I highly recommend it as a way to start your day.:
0: Yeah, I love Planet Money. And now
1: we're onto a category that I may this may be the one that I actually have beat you in in terms of items consumed.
0: <laughs> Is it books?: <laughs> Yes. Yes, I still, I was not very good about reading this year, which oh. breaks my heart. But I wasn't. <laughs> But I still read some books. <laughs> well, something had to give. I mean, you know, you're watching movies and all this stuff. Like That's true. you got to have time
1: for the existential spiral and crisis this year. So, like, you can't <laughs> do everything.
0: <laughs> um, for books, I didn't actually write down any honorable mentions. But my number three book was Rules for Vanishing by Kate Alice Marshall. Um, it was a young adult book about this girl and her friend's... Um, Get this text about what's the road call about a road that just appears at a certain time of night, and her sister went missing last time it appeared. They go down the road um you can't leave the road it's a very it's a i guess it would it would be a horror book um mm-hmm. and it's honestly it's fairly predictable, but it was just fun that's all you need sometimes, yeah. Uh, my number two book was Nine Perfect Strangers by Leanne Moriarty <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, It was just a very engrossing read I won't say I'm like I was like so sucked into it the rest of the world didn't exist but it was, it was different like I've never read a book about people getting trapped at a health resort by a really like egotistical narcissist like I've never read that
1: so, <laughs> yeah. It is. I read that one last year and it, it is a very interesting fun off the
0: wall book yeah and the characters in it are fun and original um, I think she does a good job at writing a main character that's maybe not 100% likable but she's also not unlikable either mm-hmm. um, and the ending was very sweet yeah which was nice yeah see the feel good stuff and my number one book this year was a beautifully foolish in denver in denver endeavor <laughs> beautifully foolish endeavor not a not a beautifully foolish Denver <laughs> <laughs> well, Denver is beautifully foolish yes, <laughs> but uh, by Hank Green, it was the sequel to an absolutely remarkable thing that came out a couple years ago. Uh, it's just a really great book that's about um to boil it down, like uh, how much the internet controls us and our communication with one another, which is very interesting coming from an author who's, I mean, he's a YouTuber and now he's a very popular TikTok person, Uh, but he makes his living and his life through the internet and connecting with people and the internet. So it was very interesting to read his two novels about um, someone getting very popular, and aliens, and social media, and all that crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love following him on TikTok, side note. He's like my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my three books.
1: So this is the area that I actually excelled in this year. I read 54 books this year. Um, I set mm-hmm. out with a goal of 40. Um, so actually. Trying to pick what my favorites were is very difficult. Um, Looking, I'm I'm actually looking at my Goodreads year in books right now, and it's just bizarre to me that I started this year um, reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. (laughs) That was the first book I read. That's, again, an entirely different planet. Um, My honorable mention, and this is because of the pandemic, this book, again, will always have a special place in my heart – um, is imaginary friend by Stephen Chbosky.
0: Um,
1: I checked this book out on like March 10th is when I picked it up. It's a very long book. Um, that is probably the biggest reason it's not on my top books is because it, it was too long.
0: <laughs> Stephen. Could it was have, too long.
1: Stephen could have edited this down a little bit, but you know, it was a bizarre wild off the wall ride that I did enjoy reading. Um, the reason it will always have a special place in my heart though, is that because I checked it out March 10th, we went into lockdown and all of that. I essentially could not take this book back to the library until August. <laughs> so they were not accepting books that had been checked out because you know, it's a pretty massive thing to like sterilize all these books and all this stuff. So this book lived in my house for months <laughs> in the front hallway. It is finally back at the library now. Um, And then for my top list, I picked five because it was impossible (laughs) otherwise. Um, I did make an effort to read a lot of um, own voices books this year, especially from authors in BIPOC communities um, and to really try to expand that. So three of the books I have on here are from that. Um, The first one is, um, is not in that space, but the first one on here is the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, I think I put in a request for this book and I waited like four months for the hold to come through um, because it's very popular. Um, I have read another book of hers called Daisy Jones and the Six, um, both of which focus on kind of like the secret lives of the rich and famous and what goes into becoming a famous person. And I just loved this book. Is the twist at, a, at the end a little bit like, contrived and cheesy sure but you know what it was fun it would make a very good movie um the main character is definitely um conflicting in how you feel about her um and overall i just really enjoyed it uh, my number three is the only good indians by stephen graham jones um which is one of the most unique books i've ever read um is definitely a horror book. And it's about a group of, uh, four friends that grew up together on their reservation. One year they go, um, hunting in an area that is reserved for the elders of their tribe, um, hunting elk come across a big group of elk, you know, end up shooting a bunch of them, including one that is, um, a doe that they didn't discover when they were trying to you know, get everything packed up that she happened to be pregnant, which is not as a no, no, you don't hug, hunt pregnant animals. And especially um, for them, you know, that, that spiritually is not good. Um, And it follows them years later when it appears that maybe the spirit of this elk has come back for them.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) So I'll, I'll leave it at that and not say any more about it because it's definitely a book that is better to go in mostly blind. Um, it is interesting, it's different in the way the story is told, the different styles of writing and approaching it, it's, um, there's a lot of magical realism happening and there is a lot of violence in it, but I very, very much enjoyed it. Um, my next one would be Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, which is another horror book. Um, I guess you could say it's, it's a good gothic horror book about a um, woman living in Mexico in the 1950s that gets a message from her cousin who married into a wealthy white mining family that everything might not be okay and she needs to come help her. And then when she gets there, you know, in true gothic fashion, everyone in the family is like, she's not mentally okay. She's having trouble. and, there might be some real shady shit actually going on here. So <laughs> um that one is a very fun ridiculous gothic people floating around in fancy clothes and ghosts in the walls kind of story um with a very interesting twist at the end. Um the next one is there there by Tommy Orange um who is also a Native American author and it follows um several different people And their backstories and then how they all end up crossing paths at a powwow in Oakland. Um, Which is another book that I will not say much more about because it's better to go in without knowing much about it. But I will say it does have a very hard, sad ending to it. But it was a very, very good book. And then my number one book this year, because I waited so long for it and I will never not love it, is Call Down the Hawk by um, Yay! Maggie Stiefvater, um, which is the beginning of, I think it's going to be a trilogy, it might be longer than that, I'm not sure, but a, a trilogy that follows um, the character of Ronan in particular, post-Raven Boys cycle, and he's my favorite, and I love it, and I love that book, and so I sigh for the next one, and, oh, I'm so excited I <laughs> through my microphone, <laughs> and this is... <laughs> This is how happy that book made me. I just, I love it, love
0: it. Oh, I waited so long for you to read that. I read it yes. at the end of 2019, so it could not be on my 2020 list.
1: Yes, but I, I finally was able to get it this year.
0: Okay, uh, next category I have is YouTubers slash streamers so the reason i made it slash streamers is because i started watching some twitch people regularly this year <laughs> so i put those categories together
1: <laughs> that makes sense
0: um, my honorable mention this year is jacksepticeye usually he's in my top three he didn't do anything wrong this year he was absolutely great i loved his videos they were one of the things that helped me get through this year mm-hmm. um, but he's like my number four um, I did. You had
1: lots of good ones this year.
0: Yes, I did. Um, as always, I asked Ryan what his favorite YouTube was this year since that's his main mode of entertainment. He picked The Straight Pipes. I think that's also the channel he picked last year. Uh, for my top three, my number three was, I think he's mostly a streamer. I haven't watched anything on YouTube, is Saikuno. Uh, hmm. And I discovered him after among us came out and it became very big and there's like these uh regular groups of youtubers slash streamers that play it now right Mm -hmm. and i discovered him because i was watching uh some of jacksepticeye's among us videos and he was in there and i so i followed him on twitch and he's very happy and like just calming to watch but he's just Uh like He's so cheery and it's so cute. He's feel good. Yes, he's feel good. <laughs> um actually all of mine are this year. <laughs> Number two, I put Unis Onis, which was the YouTube channel for Markiplier and Cranky Gameplays, that they uploaded a video every day for a year. And I think not only me, but I think it helped a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't get to watch every video and now I regret it because I can't because they deleted their channel and I watched a little bit of that live stream when they deleted the channel and it was like actually very emotional.
1: (laughs) Well, that's so much work to go into something. And I know that was the plan from the get go, but I'm sure, you know, when they started doing that, they had no idea what half of the year of this was going to be and. I'm sure it became a thing for a lot of people that that's like a thing to look forward to every day. Even when the world's on fire, that is going to happen.
0: Even when there was a several month period when they weren't even seeing each other and they were just doing uh, remote videos together, they were always so good. And it was always a comfort. Like every day there's this video I can watch. Um, And they still kept them interesting and weird even though, you know, they started like, in the beginning, before pandemic, they were doing things like escape rooms. That episode was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That was a really good one. And like, uh, a boot camp training, and I think they did paintball. Like, they were doing out things and then starting in March, they were doing computer things, and then they were just doing things in their backyard. Uh, I wish I could recommend it to watch it, but you can't. And don't watch the (laughs) episodes, because that's not what they wanted. And my number one this year is a Twitch streamer and it is Gab Smolders, who I started watching because she lives in Brighton, England and she normally, her, she streams, she's very consistent which I really like because I like routine and schedule yeah. <laughs> and she usually streams like a little bit before I would start work. Or she still does um, just not this week because so I'm not working on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, so I could watch her every Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning, like before I started work, and it was really nice it I talking like past tense, it is really nice like i'll keep doing it, and she just plays a mix between like sometimes she plays Animal Crossing, sometimes she plays an indie horror game, uh she played ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima. and she I, she's just another one that's just like very. Um, not that I don't like the very, like, excitable list players because I do, but I really enjoy that she's, like, very chill. Yeah, it's a nice change of pace. I actually haven't
1: watched her stuff. I will have to do that.
0: Oh, it's very, it's very nice. It's very good for background, too, when you're, like, working on something and, you know, you come in and out. Yeah. I think that's why I started really liking watching people on Twitch because I could kind of, like zone out a little bit, or I could clean at the same time, you know, and then come back, and they were still there. <laughs> they were still there. <laughs> All feel-good
1: stuff. Yes. Um. So mine is, mine's kind of an interesting list. Um. So the, the first one I have on here is Gus Johnson, who's someone I'd watched before, but this year it just was really nice to go back to stupid, ridiculous videos <laughs> that he has that are also, endlessly quotable. And I think Kevin and I quote all the time. And if you've never watched any of his stuff before, please start with the Godforsaken Country videos <laughs> because they are the best ones. Um, but it, it's all just ridiculous, stupid, you know, vine grade humor. And he doesn't take anything too seriously. And that's why I love it. Um, the second thing on here I have is the entire Lifetime channel on YouTube. <laughs> Because this year, (laughs) I think before the pandemic started, they started uploading on a weekly basis, full episodes of previous seasons of their shows. And it's not necessarily consistent with like what shows or what seasons or whatever, but in particular, they were uploading the little women shows. So little women, LA, Atlanta, um, Dallas, and uh, New York. And I have just become obsessed with these shows. (laughs) Like it's, it's ridiculous. And it's, you know, ridiculous drama, reality television, but I've just really, it's become a comfort show for me, for sure. Um, And I've like just grown really attached to the women that are in these shows and I follow them on social media and, you know, I know it's hard to like know someone from watching a reality show, but it's just been very comforting to me this whole time. Um, And I've also watched on the Paramount channel, as a side note, they've been uploading full episodes of Bar Rescue. So I've been watching a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just other people yelling at each other, you know, it just takes the stress off me. Um, But my number one, I just did it as a group because it was just something that brought me a lot of joy this year was everybody that's been playing Among Us together because it has been so hysterical and such a joy to watch them all playing together whether it's Jack and Mark and I know sometimes Wade is there I discovered I don't know how I didn't know him before this but this is what introduced me to Corpse Husband um and I like everybody else could just listen to him talk all day I think one of my favorite things that I will always go back to is watching AOC play Among Us with them and yeah. it, him just clearly being like starstruck and her also being like, who is that talking to me? You know, like just with his voice like that and everything. And him, I I just remember the one clip of him being like, hey, AOC. And her being like, what? What did I do? What? And he's like, how's your day? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's good. So it was just an absolute high point for me on YouTube this year.
0: I think one of my other... Uh, she's streamed a couple of times now since then. Mm-hmm. But during that first one, uh, Pokimane was there. And I think that was actually the first YouTuber that she connected with. And I think she was kind of like the the catalyst of getting the other eight. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite clips was um, she was following AOC around.
1: To protect her. Like yeah. I think it was
0: like when they started. She's like, are you okay? Are you safe? Are you okay? And <laughs> AOC turned around and killed her. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, "Ah, it was an honor. It was an (laughs) honor." (laughs) Also, so (laughs) starstruck. I
1: I think I would be too. Oh my gosh! I'd be like, "Yes, you can absolutely stab me anytime."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I do love the Among Us videos so much.
1: Yes, they've just been they've they have just been a joy. Honestly, like,
0: there's no other way to say it. Uh, The last category I have is games! And this can be video games or board games or phone games. It can be any game. Any game! My honorable mention for the year is Cyberpunk 2077. No, it's not. No, it's not! (laughs) I didn't even play it. It has been refunded. (laughs)
1: If there's anything more 2020 than cyberpunk finally coming out and being a total dumpster fire, like wow,
0: I will say the glitch of uh, the man riding the motorcycle standing up in a shape naked is a really great glitch. That's but <laughs> yeah, I just like the general. I mean, there's so many glitches, there's so many, but the other good one is um. Sometimes when you attack people, they just T. They just <laughs> go into a Like, how did they even get coded in there? Why is that hell. a thing?
1: Yeah, like, what in the Fortnite hell is happening here?
0: And, like, people just lose their clothes.
1: Uh, it feels like it was coded on purpose. Like,
0: I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I, I decided not to wait for them to patch it for PS4 because the reviews of the actual game itself sounded... Like, it was made for 14-year-old boys. Um, That's not my jam. And I say this as someone who loves Grand Theft Auto, so (laughs) that's that. Anyway, (laughs) Cyberpunk is not on this list anywhere for anyone, not even Renly. My honorable mention is Fall Guys, which I super love playing with you. Like, it gives us something to do together um, from very far away. And it's fun, and it's infuriating.
1: Yeah, fun and infuriating, great combo. <laughs> that
0: could be their slogan. Yes. Uh, my number three game is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which came out March tenth. So that game has that uh, beginning of pandemic. Sorry, love for me. Um, I absolutely loved it. I don't know how much of the story was honestly changed because it made me realize how much of this original story do I even remember yeah. <laughs> like I always say I love Final Fantasy 7 but I was like oh wow oh what's gonna happen where are we going like <laughs> where are we going what a journey and when I finished that game and found out it was like part one um I threw my headset I didn't throw it well I sort of did I took it off and set it down angrily on the couch and walked away <laughs> Um, but it was beautiful, it was super fun, it was so emo, and I needed it.
1: <laughs> you needed that emo. Uh
0: My number two game was Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Morales. Gosh, why do I suck at it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talking is hard when you're on PTO.
0: It is. Um Very surprising this isn't my number one game of this year, but it was... Absolutely amazing. I'm so glad they decided to also release it on PS4 since I don't have a PS5. Um and for Cyberpunk it ran beautifully on PS4 even if it was made for PS5. Um the story was great. My only complaint was I wish it was longer. It was only like half the length of the Spider-Man game from 2018 i think it took me like 25 hours total to 100 complete it and it was just too short i wanted to be there longer
1: i mean i guess that's why they were able to get it out fairly quickly but
0: yeah but miles deserves more time like the story was so good it was like it was like the first one where i felt like i was playing a movie mm-hmm. it was really good <laughs> i'm really hoping that they do a third one that has um you can play as both miles and peter I I have a
1: feeling that might be something that's in the works.
0: I also appreciated how Peter did not die. He just went on vacation (laughs) at a dumb time, but he went on vacation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite a Peter thing to do.
0: Yes. And my number one game of the year, this is going to sound crazy. I didn't actually play it myself, but it was The Last of Us Part Two. Which I know is kind of controversial for some people, because I'm going to ruin it for you a little bit. A lot of people instantly hated it because uh, Joel, who was the main character in the first game, was murdered in the first three hours of this one. Wow. And then, a few hours later, I like Ellie, you know, goes on her revenge, her revenge plot story Jam Adventure with her girlfriend. To Seattle, which was uh, a very beautiful, very North, uh, PNW was nicely represented. (laughs) And then a little bit into it, it suddenly switches perspective and you play as Joel's killer for like 10 hours. And a lot of people really hated that. And they instantly hated the game because one troll was dead. And then you had to play as who you thought was the villain. And uh, the reason I didn't play this game was I love The Last of Us games so much, but I just can't play them. Like, the style of it is too hard for me. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It's like, here's your
0: two bullets and your ten monsters. Have Have fun. fun. And, like, (laughs) (laughs) even on easy, I just couldn't do it. So I watched um, Let's Plays of It. And the way that story... um, Her name is Abby was the villain that killed Joel. And the way that story makes a turn where suddenly you realize, oh, I care about Abby. Oh, Abby's not bad. Is Ellie bad? And then suddenly it switches between the two. And like, who are you supposed to root for when they're trying to kill each other? And you like them both.
1: Oh, that's an interesting a, game mechanic.
0: It is. And I know, I, like I just said, I know a lot of people hated it, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, By the end of it, I loved Ellie and Abby, which is, um, I think that's very hard to pull off. Like, Mm -hmm. this character just killed the one that you love, and then by the end of it, you love her. And you realize you still love Joel. Like, but he wasn't a good person either. Yeah. Like, what he did at the end of the first game Was very bad. Like he did, he was. He was the villain to a lot of people. Uh, So yeah, that's absolutely the best game of the year.
1: Well, mine. Mine don't (laughs) encompass anything nearly that deep at all. Um, (laughs) I didn't play a bunch of games this year. I got i hundred percent or hundred fifty percent completed all of Spyro Reignited, which is awesome. Um, I have not gone back to Death Stranding yet, but that's going to be a 2021 thing where I'm actually going to finish that game. Um, so for me this year, my number three, I would say is Fall Guys, which I know you already talked about a little bit. And I love being able to play with you. It's just mindless fun. Like I don't have to get like way into it, but I also have adorable outfits for my little jelly bean dude. And (laughs) I just, I love it. And I love watching other YouTubers play it too, because just. The amount of frustration with some of that stuff is exceptional and I completely relate. Um, my number two is actually a mobile game that I literally play every day and is such a comfort game for me. It's called Two Dots and it's a very basic game in that you know there'll be different mechanics depending on the level, but essentially you're just connecting colored dots to make them disappear off the board. But the aesthetic of that game is wonderful. It's beautiful. And it's so simple. It's satisfying to play. It can be challenging. Um, they also have different um, types of gameplay that pop up temporarily on a weekly and consistent basis. Um, they also, for Halloween and then um winter time and the new year time have, um, scavenger hunt games where you go in and it's, it's like a where's Waldo with all these funny, silly characters that you can tap on things and make interactions. Like they really reminded me of the living storybooks that we used to have on our PC, like roughs bone and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's very much the same type of aesthetic and you find the little things that you're supposed to find in there. And it is just so comforting and it's free yes you can absolutely pay money to like do upgrades or like buy booster packs or whatever but you do not have to spend a dime on that game to play it so it's wonderful um but my number one game of the year that I've had as of today for a grand total of three days that I have honestly probably already put like 15 hours (laughs) into (laughs) Um, and I'm entirely late to the party and I regret being late to the party, but that's okay, is Animal Crossing New Horizons. I know, I know at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was very into this and it did seem like something, you know, I'd be interested in playing, but it, it definitely kind of like Hamilton just really wasn't on my radar. And, um, I was given it for Christmas and holy cow, I see why people love this game It is so comforting and cute, and you can just farm plants all day and do, you know, the repetitive stuff if that's what you need. You can progress a loose storyline if you want. You can go visit people's islands, and it's just adorable. Everybody in there is so sweet. Like, the characters are all very nice, and it's like you literally go live on a deserted island and start your own community there. Like. This is, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Now, except for one neighbor, purple kangaroo, I'd have named Sylvia, who's honestly kind of bitched me sometimes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> else about that <laughs> is, is just so adorable. And even Sylvia herself is fine sometimes. But every once in a while, I talk to her and I'm like, that was your problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can grow all kinds of things. And it's it's really cool that it it syncs up with your actual time zone. So stuff happens in real time. So like if they if you get to a point where you've got materials to build a store and they say, okay, the store will be built tomorrow, they literally mean tomorrow. Like you're going to have to come back, log in tomorrow (laughs) to see it. Um, It also syncs up with your hemisphere. So like in the northern hemisphere, um, on my game, it's snowy and cold right now. But through Reddit, I did find someone's island to visit and they were in the southern hemisphere. And so it was summertime there, which was cool. Um, when it was windy in my game, or when it was windy outside in real life, it was windy in my game the other day. Um, when the moon is out at night, it's at the actual phase of the moon in real life. Like just wow,
0: I didn't know it did all that.
1: All kinds of little things like that, um, and it's so fun. I'm already super obsessed. So thank you to Nicole and April for giving me that for Christmas. <laughs>
0: I am very late to Animal Crossing because I don't have a Switch still, but I want it so bad. Like, (laughs) uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons also gave us what I think was one of the highlights of 2020. uh, When Elijah Wood Mm -hmm. posted on Twitter, I don't know what this means, but asking for turnip prices.
1: Yep. Um, You have, I haven't gotten turnips yet, but you do have... um... A fruit on your island like mine is cherries to start that naturally grow there and you can collect fruit from other places and plant them on your island but if you sell your native fruit on an island that it's not native to you get more money and then I know with turnip prices it's like they fluctuate and certain people's islands if certain characters are there might have like really good turnip prices that day so you like like come to their island and make a lot of money
0: by selling yeah Okay, that makes sense. So Elijah Wood asked for who had good turn-up prices, I think. And uh, a woman, a young woman, replied. And he DM'd her. And she gave him his um, her island code. And he showed up to her island. And the screenshots were absolutely adorable. Yes. Like, she showed him around. And there's a little screenshot of him saying, your island is beautiful. And then like oh. one of them dancing in the rain. And then he buys his turnips and then he leaves. And it's so cute. Like actual life of wood just. <laughs> oh my God. I would die. island, And it was so polite.
1: <laughs> I think if for the record, if I happen to get some famous person to come to my Island, I will WhatsApp you while it's happening and scream <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so that's my 2021 goal figure out uh, how to get Elijah Wood to come to my Animal Crossing island, even though I'm months late. Maybe he's ready to, to come back to Animal Crossing. You know, maybe he never left. I don't know. Maybe I should be it.
0: He may have never left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Offer him your cherry prices. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Please come to my island, Elijah Wood. <laughs> I just need to know if he named his island like the Shire or something. Like, I need to know what he named his own island. <laughs>
0: That's a good question that's a question of the universe i think my goal in 2021 is to get a switch and animal Uh crossing
1: yes and then you can come to my
0: island and see how bitchy sylvia is (laughs) (laughs) i do like all the tom nook memes
1: yes i also did find myself earlier today since i'm on vacation today when kevin asked me what i was going to do i said something along the lines of i have to go see a raccoon about a fish and, and that's what i was <laughs> referring to. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, here's hoping. I don't know if we're going to do our most anticipated of 2021 in January because uh, I don't know what's knows, happening when. Nobody knows when anything is happening. Um we might kind of reevaluate that in January and see what's going on, but honestly just from a high level standpoint, my most anticipated is Chelsea getting switched so I can play Animal Crossing with you, going to a movie theater and having a freaking tub of popcorn, uh, inauguration day. Yes! <laughs> when Donald Trump leaves <laughs> office, and hopefully beating my record of 54 books in one year.
0: Do you remember uh, this was before you had Animal Crossing when Joe Biden had an island?
1: Yes, now that I, I do remember <laughs> seeing that, like, he I mean, he obviously had the youths working on his campaign.
0: Yeah. Who is the millennial slash Gen Z who got to do that? Because that's, like, dream job.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> I want to make a, well, I shouldn't make, say any politician. Um, I would like to make an Animal Crossing island for a politician I like.
1: Yes, <laughs> that is a good goal.
0: Ilhan so, Omar, do you want an Animal Crossing island? I will buy a Switch.
1: I feel like she it for probably you. has one. I feel like she totally plays Animal Crossing. I,
0: she played Among Us. Yes. She was there.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, these are DMs I need to be sending on Twitter. And asking, yes. <laughs> I, what's your island code?
0: <laughs> what's your island code? Uh, give me your totally. Dodo code! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... You know, as we wrap
1: up this episode, it's a big old question mark, but like we said at the beginning, there's a little bit of hope happening and hopefully with the a vaccine becoming more readily available and all of that, a lot of these things that we didn't get to have this year will be able to happen and maybe our our little nerdy life will start to come back in some form. It'll be different. Um, We'll talk about that with our movie theater episode, that some things are going to be permanently different in a lot of the pop culture space. Um, And it remains to be seen if that's good or bad or neither or both. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to end this episode on just a big old question mark. Because usually we're like, and there's so much to look forward to in the next year, you know, all of that. But it is... It is a question mark, so
0: we'll just we'll just leave it with that, <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me that's the best we can do.
1: <laughs> yep, you just gotta go with the flow here's to whatever the next year is going to be it's not we're not out of the woods with all of this yet, but it's not going to be twenty twenty it'll at least be a different year, and it'll be different things and you know there's I know there will be some. Uh, there will be some exciting stuff that happens. And in some ways, maybe it's kind of a an exciting thing that it's a question mark. Who knows what we might get to see next year? Who knows yeah. like, what what movies and games are going to come out? And I don't know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's, there'll still be enough for our little nerdy lives, I think. Because we still had enough yes. this year.
1: Yes. And you know what? Even if there's not, I can still always... Go rewatch my Gus Johnson videos. <laughs> so,
0: Gus Johnson, what's your dodo code?
1: Yeah, Gus Johnson, I know you play Animal Crossing. I know you've got Animal <laughs> <So. laughs> Crossing. On that note, I think that's everything for this one. And we'll talk to you all in 2021. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. outro music is courtesy of sneaky Creaky on yummy sounds you can find us on twitter
0: and instagram at nerd ascended you can also email us at nerd podcast at gmail.com and ratings are always appreciated